Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hey loves, welcome to Clear the Clutter podcast where I teach you timeless principles to clear out old money and mindset beliefs that are holding you back. Today we're talking about tools to use for New Year's resolutions, episode number 69. And of course, I'll have a ton of examples for us to dive into. This podcast episode is sponsored by me. Shocker, right? (laughs) If you want to dive deeper into today's episode and get 50% off all my journal prompts in the entire Etsy store, use code PODCASTLOVE, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-L-O-V-E at checkout. Go to margaretstevens.co slash shop or click the link in the show notes. And don't forget the code PODCASTLOVE and get 50% off the entire store as a welcome and a thank you for being a podcast listener. Okay, let's dive in. So we are going to talk about the mythical, elusive, and sometimes frustrating New Year's resolutions, right? We all set them. So where the people are like, you know, you've got people out there, they're like, oh, I don't set New Year's resolutions. I just want to whatever. I'm like, no, you, everyone sets it. Whether they achieve them, whether they're embarrassed by them, we all set them. And I think having a reset point, whether you use New Year's or you use, a, you know, some people use their birthday. Ironically, I kind of actually don't do my New Year's resolutions at New Year's. I do them at Christmas. So I make it through Christmas and then you've got that, I don't know, like brain dead zone between Christmas and New Year's where I really sit down and I start planning, what do I want my new year to look like? How am I going to implement this? How am I going to hold myself accountable? Because I like to give myself a little bit of breathing room. So I'm going to use the term New Year's resolution just because it's pretty relevant right now. But you can always listen to this if you want to have a different type of reset, not just tied to New Year's. But we all need a reset. I mean, I'm going to use a ton of like super geeky examples on this one, but it's really healthy, right? So you can call it a reset. You could call it a pruning. You could call it a decluttering. It's the same thing. You're getting rid of things that don't work to make room for things that do work. It's really healthy. You have to do it in nature. You need to do it with your electronics. Like why wouldn't you do it with your mindset? So that's totally (laughs) unplanned rant around like resets. But yesterday I was working in our palm tree farm um, the weather was nice enough finally to do a bunch of fertilizing and pruning. So I really got like pruning on my brain and clearing out and making room, um, in my brain just because that's, I spent hours doing that yesterday. And here's the thing, right? Most people, they, they, they don't look at things. They don't, they don't sit down, take a break, whether it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day an afternoon, they don't sit down and look at what worked and, what didn't work and why, you know, I'm not normally that interested in what worked like I am, but I'm more interested in what didn't work that I wanted to. And why didn't it work? Was it, um, was it an accountability factor? Was it a tool factor? Was it an understanding factor? Was it, I got in over my head. So that's kind of like step number one, let's look at what things you actually wanted to accomplish accomplish last year, but they didn't happen and why. And as hard as it might be, take the emotion out of it. So we're looking at this to see what things we need to tweak, not what we need to beat ourselves up upon. Because like beating yourself up over like, I don't know, let's pick an example. 
Um, let's pick uh, weight loss because that's a super easy one that everyone, for the most part, can relate to. You know, most people have some type of weight loss or health related reset that they want to do in the beginning of the year. And if that doesn't work out, you know, instead of like getting mad that you didn't lose the weight or you didn't commit to the thing, like, let's look at why you didn't, you know, why didn't you lose the weight? Was it because you don't have a reliable way to work out at home? Is it because you have a bad time, you know, a hard time and you're kind of bad at setting boundaries? You haven't found something you enjoy doing. You feel like it's a punishment. Uh, grocery shopping gets overwhelming for you. Your job by the middle of the week is so busy and brain draining that you come home and you want something that you don't have to think about. Like if we think about the why it's not working, why that goal isn't working and we can fix the why, your ability to actually implement is a thousand times easier. And I'm speaking from experience. So last year I did a lot of this. I looked at what didn't work and I'm like, okay, uh, meal planning, for example, for me, has always been a really, really hard one. And I can't tell you how many cookbooks I've bought. I've done like the meal boxes. I've, you know, I've done everything except for basically pay someone else to cook for me. Ben did a lot of cooking last year, but I wanted to be able to have some type of resource to where I could reliably know that two or three nights a week, I provided dinner for the household and it was stress-free and that had been a goal for years and the reason why it hadn't worked is because for me cooking gets really overwhelming um and then normally when i'm going to do it i'm already two or three days into work and my brain really hurts and i'm tired and i don't have a bunch of like creative juices left over um my creative times ironically are like really early in the morning or really late at night like not in the middle so I looked at what didn't work and I was looking at the bigger picture because the bigger picture for us was if this isn't working, that means we've gained more weight than is unhealthy. That means our grocery bill has gone up. That means, you know, instead of eating earlier in the evening, we're eating super late at night. And that means we're staying up later. So there's all these bigger pictures as to why it's not working. So the one thing that we did was that two or three nights a week, I put something in the crock pot. And I, so Ben and I have been married 15 years and I have the same crock pot that his grandmother gave me for our uh, wedding. And we call it the killer crock pot because sometimes it likes to cook things a little too high. Um, but like I've had the same crock pot for years. I have an emotional attachment to it. I love the damn thing. Um, and I was like, you know what? I really enjoy crock potting. I really enjoy coming home and adding a couple of ingredients or doing some zhushing as I call it. And in 30 minutes, boom, dinner is done. I don't have to worry about it. So what I started doing to fix the why of what didn't work is I started experimenting with a handful of recipes and I'm like, okay, what works in a crock pot that I really enjoy, Ben really, really enjoys, is good for leftovers and doesn't take up a lot of brain juice. So that's my, my solution. I started doing that and then boom, bigger picture kicked in. So the bigger picture, started to be dinner didn't feel overwhelming dinner didn't feel frustrating dinner didn't feel like it was uh, you know some weeks a success and other weeks it was a failure dinner didn't feel like it was something that was a punishment so all of these little things that like really tripped me up years before they they weren't a problem anymore because i fixed the why so Point number one of like the why and like the reason why I'm spending about six or seven minutes talking about the why, the why is really important. 
And I've tried in the past, you know, figuring out just buying different solutions or implementing this and implementing that, but I never really figured out why I failed. And I have had more success this past year in 2022, obviously now we're in 23, but I've had more success in 2022 fixing things that didn't work because I focused on fixing the why than I have in any other year. Obviously I've scaled things, I've grown things, I've implemented things, but I've done all of that through like brute force. And now I feel like instead of doing brute force, because brute force doesn't always work, you know, it's the little shifts, it's the little tweaks. It's the, there's this book, uh, I've talked about it in the past, but I read it years and years ago. It's called the compound effect, right? Um, and if you aren't aware of it, the compound effect is basically you do one right action every single day. And, you know, if you're doing it every single day, you're going to have a buildup of let's, you know, 365 days of single successes. So you're building 365 days of habits, 365 days of muscles, 365 days of routines, all of these positive things. And it's a micro shift that you're working on versus trying to do these bigger shifts and overcompensate and they don't work. And then over time, because you've done something little every single day, you're compounding your result, your results were good Lord. I can't talk today. Your results start to just double and triple and quadruple. They start to give you an, a, ret a return that doesn't even match the amount of effort you're putting into it because you're building off of a habit. So you go from doing it one year, once a day, and then you're getting a return of one a day. And then, you know, a little bit down the road, you start to have the muscle memory, you start to have the confidence, you start to have the, the why figured out. And then you go from a one-time return to a two-times return. Then from a two times to a four times, then a four times to an eight times. And you start multiplying at this crazy rate and your results become such a bigger thing. So the other part of that is once you've kind of like sat down with your why, looked into your why, figured out your why, I am really focusing on this year, the bigger picture, because I've noticed that when last year I focused on figuring out what didn't work and the why. I figured out that I was getting good at that. I was working on that and implementing that, but I was not looking at the bigger picture. So if you look at my social media, you'll see a little video of what my like podcast quote unquote studio actually looks like. It's not pretty. It's not fancy. I've got a cat that's on my, my desk with a blankie, Holly sleeping next to me on the floor. Um, but what you can see in the background a little bit is you can see these, um, I took literal pieces of pa computer paper with command hook stickies and I wrote down the big picture and I put it on the wall. The reason why, um, and I actually made something prettier, which I'll be switching it out to this year. Um, but the reason why I did that is because I noticed that it's very easy to lose sight of why you're doing all of this. So it goes back to the other part of the why, right? So why are we failing? You know, what tool do we need? What support do we need? What permission do we need? But the other part of it too is how do we stay on track for the whole year? Because there's a lot of things that come up in a year. You know, you've got COVID, which happened a couple of years ago that like no one was expecting. So, you know, you've got health issues that can come up. You can have recession issues that can come up. You can have all of these outside things that are out of your control. You could have, you know, mean coworkers, whatever the scenario is, right? Like the scenario is always just going to test us constantly. But if we have... You know, the all roads lead to, I have a whole podcast episode that talks about all roads leads to, it's the same concept, or we have a North star, um, or we have a why, and we have the big picture why, then 
as we sometimes start to get pulled off track, it's a lot easier to kind of go back and get back to where we want to be versus just doing it for the doing sake. I'm, I'm not a fan of doing things for the doing sake. I'm not a fan of doing things because other people are doing it or that's how you should do it or this is why you should do it. Like it needs to make sense for the life that you want to live. Um, and with that comes permission. And especially, I don't know, unfortunately, I hate saying it this way, but like women have a hard time giving themselves permission to do things that feel good right? Like we may grab a cup of coffee here or do a little thing there or maybe get our nails done or, or do some type of self-care, but I'm talking bigger picture permission. So permission to live the life that you want, permission to start the business, to permission to have like sexy abs or rocking eyebrows or permission to have that super fat bank account. So it doesn't matter what goes on in your life, permission to do the whatever's right. And I feel that every year should be building towards that level of permission um, and, and support that, right? You know, I hate saying it this way because a lot of these phrases, you know, they're, they're tried and true and like they sound cheesy, but they work at the same time if you actually look into the phrase, not just look at the surface of the phrase. But like you have to pretend the person that you want to be, you have to pretend to be that person every single day and then you eventually become that person. Um, and it's frustrating because sometimes you're like, well, I feel like I'm lying to myself. I feel like I'm fake. I feel like I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but I also look at it from the fact that you need to start trying this out and it's almost like a play, right? You need to try this out and see if you even like it. And if you don't like it, totally change it. Right. But if you do like it, you're like, okay, well, I do kind of like this. I do like being the person that, I don't know, I'm making it up, wakes up at six o'clock every morning. I do like being the person, here, I'll give you a real example. I love being the person that wakes up in the morning with enough time to play in the back pasture with my dogs and now the cow. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. It sets the whole tone for my day. So that if that means I have to wake up an extra 20, 30 minutes early in the morning, and grab my phone, put on my, my mucking boots because I'm in my jam jams, right? So go outside in the back pasture. It's, it's most of the time it's foggy. It's cold out. Well, it's Florida. It's not really cold, but like it's, it's dewy out. <laughs> um, it's foggy and it's quiet. And I go out there in the back pasture with Holly and Demon and Cow and obviously the geese. And, you know, they fought, everyone else follows me and Holly and Demon get to run around and play and that sets the tone for my morning. And I dreamed about that. I dreamed about being that type of person 10 years ago, easily. But I was doing my, my meditations because I like to uh, sit down and meditate and kind of, I, I call it conversations with my future self. I haven't done a podcast episode on this one. It's a very specific type of meditation that I do. Uh, if it's if something you're interested in, let me know because I've wafered on back and forth about doing this episode just because I don't know that you guys would necessarily enjoy it. But basically what I do is I've always done it where I, I go and most of the time I'm either in the tub or I'm in a really quiet room or I'll go to a bookstore somewhere where like my guard is completely down and my whole body is at ease, right? Um, and you can tell how much of a nerd I am because a bookstore puts my whole body at ease. But <laughs> I'll sit there and I'll just like zone out and I will walk into it's always it's always the same scenario i walk into a barnes and noble it's the barnes and noble that i grew up next to and we had our first house next to i walk into that barnes and noble the place is empty 
except for me and then whoever Margaret is 10 years from now. And I sit down at the table and I have a conversation. I look at her, I look at the clothes she's wearing, I look at her mannerisms, I look at like, what does she show up with? Um, in years past, she showed up with like super long hair, which I was like, oh my God, she's got long hair. And she had this like strong, you know, badass vibe that she could just take on anything. And she had so much more confidence. And like, I looked at the outfits, I looked at the mannerisms. And this time I, I look at her and I see this wealthy woman in multiple areas that has kids. And that has been a very hard journey to even admit to just because as you can tell, there are certain things in our lives that we're pretty private about, but the kid thing has been really, really tough. So every time I go and I meditate and I see her and I see the kids, like it's just, it's intense, but it goes back to the big picture. So, you know, the big picture is I want to become that version of Margaret. I want to become that wealthy woman. That's not just financially wealthy, but she's time wealthy. She's, you know, got wealth in the fact that she's got enough resources to take care of her whole family and herself and it's not all about hustle and powering through and sacrifice but it's about small tweaks it's about big returns it's about abundance it's about aligned work it's about you know creative work it's about betting on yourself it's about being rewarded for your creativity it's all of those things stacking up and that's where that bigger picture comes into and I've always had the, the outside goal of the bigger picture, but I've never tracked it on like a yearly scale. And I'm not gonna lie, I thought about getting a year long calendar, but those things are hideous and they're ugly and I don't like how they're so restrictive. So what I was doing is I was talking to one of my besties and we were talking about journals this past month and tracking things. And I'm like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to build my own habit tracker. So what I did, um, it's obviously in the podcast show notes if you wanna grab it and download it and don't forget to use the coupon code, but I built a habit tracker. So it's got some journal prompts in there to kind of help you get clear on the why, because I really do believe that that's important. That'll, that'll make your success rate like double, if not triple. So, you know, why not get every single advantage you can, but I, I built a habit tracker and it's uh, got journal prompts in there that you can use. And then it's two different types of habit tracker templates, right? Uh, same format, but just different ways. So I have one variation where it's got four months on one page and it's obviously three pages and you can go ahead and track like one habit a month, right? Um, that is kind of like if you're trying things out, if you're building, if you're trying to, you know, build little bits here and there and you wanna do like micro habits, I would use that tracker. If you are trying, I wish you guys could hear this. Like the one thing about getting a really good chair is when I fidget, you don't hear the fidget anymore. Um, but the other tracker that I built is a same tracker, same format, but instead of having four months on one page, you're having one month a page. So say there's four different types of goals that you're trying to track, right? Then that would be the habit tracker you could use for that. And the reason why I did that is because I'm gonna have two different trackers printed out. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna print them out. I'm gonna use my command stickies, not even the hooks, just the stupid stickies. I'm gonna put them on the wall and I'm gonna have the four month one where it's four months to a page. That's gonna be all my personal stuff. So like cooking more consistently, I wanna focus one month on cooking, you know, 
let's let's do smoker smoker meals every single Sunday. That's the habit I want to track. Like I just kind of like small niche buildy little like Lego block trackers. Um, that's going to be for that tracker. And then for the podcast company, the growth that I want to see, that one is going to be bigger pieces. And I feel like that fits better with having four different goals in a month. And you might be thinking, and mind you, I like to, I don't know, for me, I'm old school. I love to print stuff out. I love to touch it. I love to write on it. I love to stick it on my walls. I swear it's like, you know, the, God, what was the brand? There was a brand of, um, stickers when I was a kid. It was like Lisa something. Lisa Franklin, I think it was, stickers, like she ruined me because I love to stick things and color things and highlight things and put them all over the walls. But, you know, the reason why I wanted the two different types of trackers is because one felt like it worked for one area of my life, but it didn't work for the other area. And I am a deep believer of seeing it. So this is the other part of the habit tracker, the reason why I built something for myself. And then I was like, you know what, let's make that the, the journal prompts for this episode. I love to see things. And here's the other part of it too. So whether you're a visual person or not, because I'm actually more of an audio, auditorial, auditorial person that I learn better by listening than I do by seeing. But I am really, really good at reinforcing things over time by seeing it. So I have this phrase at the dealership for my staff, see it, touch it, sell it. Um, our brains are wired differently to make things as you know, like a new part of our environment if we see it every single day. So I used to do this way, way, way back in the day where I would take sticky notes and I would put it on my, um, my, um, steering wheel of my car. I used to put sticky notes in my lunchbox. Um, I used to, uh, have pages that I would print out and all of these were unfortunately ugly, but like I would have pages that I would print out and I would, uh, you know, put them on our bathroom mirror or for years I did this, I would have uh, different colored, um, dry erase markers and I would write on the bathroom mirror like either a love note or I would write you know where I wanted to go or you know what goal I was trying to go after but I always made it oh god I used to put stuff on the fridge all the time Ben thought it was crazy but like I always did it to where I could see it every single day and I noticed for me that and it's probably going to be the same way if I could see it every single day it didn't feel overwhelming. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh my God, that sounds overwhelming. I don't want this goal in my face every single day. So if that's the case and that's how you feel, then you made the goal too big. I, I can tell you that from experience. You've made the goal too big. Go ahead and make the goal smaller. Go ahead and break it down into more bite-sized pieces. Maybe if that goal feels that way for you, Break it up into four little pieces and use the month-long habit tracker versus the four months in one page tracker, right? Because it's supposed to be there to gently guide you, not browbeat you that you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. The entire intention of having a habit tracker to plan your big picture is so that you can make a compound shift every single day. You can make a, a compound change every single day. You're supposed to make one right step every day. You're not supposed to make 20 steps in a day and then stop for three weeks and 20 steps in a day and stop for three weeks. You're never going to get the momentum, right? Um, you're never going to get that snowball effect. So the habit tracker is designed for very tiny micro steps, big picture. And the other part of it too is like the really cool part of this is all of the things that I have on my wall right now that I'm going to swap out for my new habit trackers. It's, you know, these are things that you can use and you can now make it as part of your archive. You know, I love 
going through my old journals and seeing where I was three, four, five, six, seven years ago and saying like, wow, I can't believe that that used to bother me and that doesn't even bother me anymore. Or, you know, I go back, um, this is why I have a whole, you know, course around archiving love because there's so many little parts of my life that I'm so deeply grateful for and in love with that I love to go back to see how far we've come. You know, I have every single Christmas card my husband and I have ever written to each other. I have all, well, not all, I have like 80% of the love notes we wrote to each other in high school. And, you know, I've got pictures, I've got concert tickets, I've got um, museum tickets, all those little things, right? Um, I feel like they just enrich my life a lot more. So this is the same thing. These habit trackers, I design them so that they're really pretty. So that at the end of the year or in six months or whatever the case is, you can go ahead and you can take it down and you can put it in your scrapbook or you can put it in your memory box or you could take digital pictures of them or say you're doing this all virtually, you can save it and put it in your Evernote. But like you can save this and you can look back and you can be like, wow, look how far I've come. And it looks super pretty. So, you know, big picture, big picture doesn't have to be ugly is, I guess, the point of all of that. So the third thing that I do to make the tools for success for like the New Year's resolutions and all of that is I tie all of my goals to a money goal and a mantra for a year, for the year, not a year. Sometimes I'll have the same mantra for two or three years in a row. So like, um... I was playing around with the phrase, make no apologies for surviving. It's from um, an author that I love. I don't, of course, have it up right now, but um, she's a phenomenal author. She's a fiction writer and it's, you know, one of the little mantras or family phrases in the book. And I loved it. And like, I love it so much that I'm going to get it tattooed on my body, hopefully next year, or I should say this year. Um, but instead of saying make no apologies for surviving, I'm going to make changes to say make no apologies for thriving. So I, for a very long time, have felt very guilty for thriving. I felt very guilty about being successful, about out-earning my parents, about moving out of the, the social, influential, financial sphere that most of our families in. I felt very guilty and, you know, sometimes conversations are not easy or sometimes judgments are put on you and it has been very hard to kind of develop a backbone for that and go, no, I'm not going to apologize for, for thriving. I'm not going to apologize for, you know, working my face off and being very successful. I'm not going to apologize that, you know, my, my goal has been for years, like probably over a decade to be so wealthy that I can donate $10,000 every single month to a charity of my choice. And I can't do that yet, but like, I don't want to apologize and stop myself from getting there because of look at all the good that I could be doing. Like we, we donate now, but I mean, we don't donate that level, like not even close to that level, but you know, the little mantras, the little phrases, for me, they've always been a touchstone of like, this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm doing it. And they've always made my life a little bit better. Um, so one of the mantras I'm doing this year is I'm betting on me. Uh, I have a course, it's called Betting on Me. I'm going to be definitely adding to it this year. I'm really, really excited for that. Um, so any of you that have bought the course, you'll obviously get the lifetime updates for free, which is something I love to do because I love to reward someone, you know, over and over again for all the work that they've put in ahead of time. Um, but, you know, I, I'm betting on me. I'm betting on my confidence. I'm building on my successes. Um, I'm not going to apologize for thriving. But the, the one phrase that I'm really diving into a lot more this year is, is it's a money goal. Because again, I love to tie everything to money, right? Um, but at the same time, it, it's it's more than just the money. 
Um, it's basically, it's safe to earn more money than last year. So it's a couple things. I've been playing around with like safety, right? Um, I've been playing around with money. Um, and now, you know, for a couple of years, it was like elevate into overflow. What does overflow look like? What does that even mean? What does a wealthy woman even mean? And I feel like I've identified those little bits and pieces, but now it is, it's safe to earn more money than last year. And last year we did really well. Like I'm very proud of what we've done. Um, very, very proud. Like Ben's did, Ben did great. His side hustles did great. I did good. I did really good. My side hustles made more, made me more money than I've ever made in a side hustle before. Like, so like we did really good. I'm really, really proud of that. And now it's that next level of, okay, obviously I know what we made last year. Um, rough numbers, right? Cause obviously I haven't sat down and done the taxes yet, or I should rephrase that. I got the paperwork ready for the taxes to get done. But you know, I, I know a rough number of what we did last year. And sometimes when I think about making more, it kind of blows my head a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, like, is there ever an end to this? Like, am I feeling greedy? Is this right? Is this wrong? And then I go back to, you know, make no apologies for thriving. <laughs> I go back to, you know, this time I'm betting on me. Um, and then I go back to it's safe to earn more money than last year. And for me, those feel like very abundant, expansive goals. They don't feel they don't feel triggering, they don't feel stressful, they don't feel overwhelming, and it's something that I can grow into and grow with, right? So as I start to think of, okay, it's safe to make more money than last year, you know, now I'm gonna go back to point number one, which is what did I do last year that didn't work and why? Okay, it's gonna circle back into, well, let's go ahead and track this habit, build the muscle, get the, the compound effect of, you know, achieving something every single day and build on it. And then it goes neatly into number three, which is it's safe to earn more money than last year. So all three pieces are, you know, in my head, they're, they're just a, a circle that keeps feeding each other, right? You, you feed into each other over and over again. And that's when you know you have a really good solid system. And it took me years to get there. So, you know, if this is your first time doing it, don't feel guilty. Don't feel upset. Don't beat yourself up about it. You know, the only advice I would give you is that if what you're doing feels, I don't know, I keep using the word feel all the time, but like for me, sometimes at words, I can feel like a texture almost like I can feel friction or gritty or fogginess or overwhelming or wow, that clicks. Like the words have an, it sounds so cheesy, so, so cheesy, but like words to me have an energy and like, it's a tangible energy. And I'm always like, Whenever I'm talking about words, I can like rub my hands and I can feel, does that click? And if it clicks, I'll snap my fingers unconsciously. If that feels gritty or unclear, like I'll start to squint my eyes and I'll start to like rub my hands like as though I'm like cleaning my hands off. So if you're doing any of the either mental, auditorial or visual, like, you know, physical cues, you know, like squinting or rubbing your hands or any of like that stuff, or you know, shrugging your shoulders in, that means your goal is too big and it's too vague, which is totally fine. Don't be upset. Go ahead and click it down another notch. And that gets really frustrating because you're like, but I wanna achieve this. And it's like, okay, I promise you, if you can click it down another notch, you know, if we can, instead of trying to achieve level two right off the bat, if we can achieve level one, then level one will let you skip level two. That's the thing that like we don't always remember, right? Like if we master level one, you're realistically mastering level one and level two at the same time. 
So if you master level one, then when you go to you know upgrade, you're just going to go to level three or shit. You might even skip two and three and you might go straight to four because there's so many other little lessons that you're going to learn while you're trying to figure out how to master level one that when you go to do the next version of that thing and you do the next version of the scale, it's so much easier. And let me give you a tangible example so it doesn't feel all wooey and airy fairy, right? So palm trees, this is the third year now we are going to be having the palm tree farm. Um, and so we started in 20 and now we're in 23, right? So this is year number three. Year number one was a shit show. <laughs> we bought some pots, got some dirt, got a dump trailer. No, do we even have, we didn't even have a dump trailer yet. So bought some pots, bought some dirt, bought some plants and that was it. And then we're like, oh, we'll set up some sprinklers. So we bought these tripod sprinklers from Home Depot and got some hoses that didn't work we started killing everything and then we're like well maybe we need to buy more mature trees so we started doing that that didn't work um because we kept killing those too and then we're like okay well maybe we should put them in the ground so we took a, a third of the crop that we got of palm trees and we put those in the ground and in two years those bitches have not grown one iota like like talk about having a plant like not thrive. They are literally the exact same size as what they were two years ago. And I bet you if I had barely like kind of dug around them with a uh, shovel that they would kind of pop back out as if it was still in a pot because we didn't do things right. So year one was all of these dumb mistakes. We, we didn't have a watering schedule. It wasn't consistent. The pots were not the right size. We kept moving things over and over again. Oh my God, like that was so frustrating. It was so incredibly frustrating. I can't tell you how many times we move these ever loving palm trees and how every time I'm like, this is never happening again. And like, you know, we would, you know, the first time we started moving palm trees, this is the same variation of like level one, right? So level one was we're moving the palm trees because a frost is coming or a storm is coming or a hurricane's coming, whatever. And so we would move them from one side of the yard to the other we'd move them all by hand. Moving 800 or 1,000 palm trees by hand is exhausting. And of course, not all of them are the same size. So some of them are little one gallons, some of them are three gallons, some of them are five gallons. Some of these bitches are 25 gallons, which you know can be a couple hundred pounds. Plus you have a palm tree that's 10 feet up in the air. Like, you know, it's exhausting. So I was talking with one of my farmer friends. He's a uh, he just retired being a cattle rancher. Um, he had like several thousand herds of cattle. Um, and I was talking with him one day. He was over at the house with Ben and I. And I was like telling him, I'm like, yeah, we just survived the frost. We moved all these palm trees by hand. It's mother truck and exhausting. He's like, why don't you use a pallet? You've got a tractor. You've got forks. Use the pallet. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, you know, yes, we ended up having to move palm trees one or two more times. But this is where a level three factor comes into play, right? Instead of moving them all by hand we moved them to pallets once and now ben all he does is he picks them up with the forklift and the or not the forklift the, with the, the tractor picks them up on the pallet and moves them so we're still moving things we're still learning we're still growing but we're moving i'm not even joking we moved we had to move the last set of palm trees because we just got the irrigation done in the side pasture we had to move the last set of palm trees and all the ones that weren't on pallets took us four hours to move because he was also trying to teach me how to drive the tractor, which was a little scary. Um, and cause I didn't want to run anything over. Um, and then we had to put everything on pallets. All the stuff that was on pallets took us an hour. So the same amount of plants, cause we had about half of our plants on pallets and about half of our plants on not pallets. Four hours versus one hour. 
And that's where I'm telling you, like if you master level one, if you really dig into why this didn't work, if you figure out how to solve that problem, your, your benefit, your scale, your abundance, your growth is so much, it's, it can sometimes be four times faster. So that's where I was like, you know, this can be four times faster because that one example of having things on pallets shaved off for, you know, a fourth of the time. Well, we did everything in a fourth of the time. Same thing with water, right? So we kept killing these stupid palm trees over and over again. And I begged Ben multiple times, let's just quit the palm trees. Let's do something else, anything else. This is miserable. I hate failing. And we went to a couple different palm tree farms. Um, and we noticed that everyone had the same water set up. So we saved the money and we paid like, I don't know, like $13,000, dollars in irrigation. And we put in a second well, and it's a humongous well. So God forbid something happens to our well, we can use that well as well. <laughs> um, and we put the well in and then we saved up the money and we did, uh, we had them put the irrigation in. We just had the last line put in last week. Um, and now I go outside and I've been fussing with my timer because now I have a timer. Oh my God, I actually have a timer. But like I can water, I think we've got like 3000 palm trees right now, excluding our seedlings. And I can water 3,000 palm trees every single day at one go just by setting up a scheduler, right? Before what was level one version, and now this is level three version of Margaret, right? So like what was level one Margaret doing? She was watering these bitches by hand. It was exhausting. I was getting attacked by mosquitoes. It was so overwhelming. So that's where I continue to say like, whatever didn't work, let's figure out the why, you know, watering things at scale was a why we needed to solve. And then we're like, okay, let's see what the best solution is for that. What's the bigger picture. The bigger picture is I want to have 10 to 15,000 plants going at any given time, because then that means I've got seedlings, I've got young ones, I've got mature ones that I can sell at every level. Right. Um, so if that's the big picture and I can figure out that watering one by one literally will not work, then you can figure out how to fix that. And then you can go ahead and look at the big picture for the year. So it all ties in. And that's why I was saying like all of this is just one big circle. And then for me, I've always, again, I always tie everything to a money goal, you know, betting on me, it's safe to thrive. Um, make no apologies, say make no apologies for thriving. Um, if you want that to be a cup, cause I've been thinking about playing with that and making it into a cup, um, and making it into like a, a merch series, totally let me know. I would, I would love to hear your input on like what things you would love to see as merch. Um, cause I am, I, I, I counted at Christmas, I have like 25 different specialty coffee mugs. So I kind of love me some merch, <laughs> but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you guys want as merch. But like the whole point of it is not to talk about merch and my love of coffee mugs. The whole point of this is to make it easy so that by the end of this year, by the end of 2023, or whenever you're listening to this episode, right? By the end of the current year you're listening to this episode, you can go from doing something and having it take you four hours to doing something and having it take you one hour for the same amount of work, the same amount of results you know, doing everything at scale. Cause that's what we're doing at the end of the day. We're taking something and we're scaling it at a bigger picture and figuring out how to scale more efficiently over and over again. Ben is where I'm obsessed about money and mantras and how things feel and how to like look at the big picture. Ben is obsessed about executing things 
um, not at scale. It is um, efficiency, executing things with efficiency and making your efficiency get better every single time. So same thing goes back to the palm trees, which is probably my most relevant example. You know, if we had had everything on pallets, now we have uh, a couple more things we need to put on pallets. So what I've been doing is we're fixing, we're going from level one problems to level three problems, right? Or solutions, I should say. So level one was we didn't even think about pallets. We didn't have any pallets. Level three version of me is there's a place in town that gets rid of really good pallets about once a week um, because they don't want to dispose of them. They put them on the side of the road and they're free to take. So what I'm doing is I'm building a reserve of pallets. Um, my dad was able to get me eight last night um, just because he was in town and he got some for my mom. And so this time when I go to move stuff, I'm going to have like 20 or 30 pallets on hand so that everything we do now we move it on a pallet because I can move either four large palm trees at one well I should say Ben with a tractor like like let's be honest here Maggie with a tractor is a little little sketch still but like Ben can move things with the, with the tractor and we can move and rearrange and we can tweak and make things more efficient hundreds of times faster than if we did it by hand and on top of it we're not trashing our body so you know, this, this level one really, really matters. And by the time you, you figure out the level one and you can get to level three, like it's, it's game changer. It's a total, total game changer. So that is my deep dive. Cause this is a 40 something minute long podcast. So that is my super deep dive into different tools to use for your new, new year's resolutions. I hope that you loved it. Um, I loved, as always, recording this episode and you'll be getting a lot more from me this year. Um, that's one thing. I, I haven't figured out what actual number I wanna produce, but I have an idea of how many episodes I wanna produce this year. So I, as always, love hearing your feedback. I love seeing your comments on the socials. I love seeing your guys' emails, like everything. I just, I just totally love them. So thank you for listening to today's episode. I want to hear how you're using the journal prompts. You can tag me and you can show me where you're using the journal prompts. You can tag me and show me where you're listening to the episode. I'm on all the social medias. Um, I probably have the most fun on TikTok and Instagram, um, but I do love me a good deep dive on the Facebooks and the Pinterest. So you can tag me on all the social medias or you can drop a comment in the Etsy store. And if you are going to go into the Etsy store, do not forget to use to the coupon code for today's journal prompts or the habit trackers or any of the mugs or the merch that I'm doing. It's all bite-sized shifts that can be done in under an hour. That's the entire intention for the whole store. It's margastevens.co slash shop, or you could go and click on the link in the show notes. And if you want another level of success, you can download my free Calm and Spacious mini guide. It's my top three questions that I use to guide my decisions on where I wanna spend time and my money. Um, and I use tons of examples just like I do in the podcast episode so that you know how to implement every single one of those three questions into your own life. So go use the podcast coupon code, get 50% off everything you're buying. Um, you won't see that coupon. So I want to be clear. You will not see that coupon code anywhere else. You will never see it in writing. It is only for the people that listen to the podcast that will get that coupon code. So I'm not taking it away. Whatever is in the store will always be 50% off for you that listen to the podcast because that is my way to thank you for being a podcast listener. So I love you. I hope you have a fantastic New Year's. I hope you, you know, build things, grow things and understand that level one is not level one forever. It's just level one for right now. And then 
by the end of the year, let's start celebrating what level three and four can look like. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.